Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 9 of Social Anxiety Life. Uh, we want to say a big thank you to anyone who's been listening to our episodes. Uh, we've had some five-star reviews on Spotify and a couple on Apple Podcasts, so thank you if you've left uh, a review or a rating. We're really grateful for all of the support. Uh, so today our topic is around therapy. The reason we've chosen this topic today is because in our Facebook group we did a poll and 50% of people said that they have had some kind of counselling or therapy for their social anxiety while the other 50% said that they have not had any kind of counselling therapy. Um, For this episode we're going to use the words counselling and therapy sort of interchangeably. Counselling is a form of therapy but we will probably be using both words today. Right, should we get started? So I think Simon and I have both had experiences with therapy, but we've had quite different experiences. So do you want to get us started? I think it's useful, first of all, to talk about what we think counselling or therapy is for the context of this episode. And I think it's useful to think of counselling and therapy as a method of dealing with and developing coping mechanisms associated with social anxiety. I think also counselling aims to help people to challenge their negative thoughts. So if you particularly related to our episodes on overthinking, I think counselling is a method for helping you to clarify those and move forward. I think also there are different forms of counselling and therapy as well, which we've both had different forms of it and I think those experiences are going to be very useful for clarifying and developing for listeners what's happened and how it's benefited us. Yeah. I think it's useful first of all to think about what to do before any sort of counselling therapy sessions have happened so almost thinking about like the referral Mm -hmm. process How, how do you refer yourself what happens how long does it take? Is it quick? I suppose that depends on how you're feeling at that particular moment. If you've decided that counselling or therapy is for you and you want help, then there's different ways I think you can do it. Yeah. I think for me, the three periods I've had of therapy have all been very different. My first block of therapy happened in 2004. 2005 Mm -hmm. that was centered around how I was feeling at the moment not specifically to do with social anxiety but particularly centered around periods of depression yeah feeling upset and I referred myself privately for somebody my second period of therapy was bereavement therapy Mm -hmm. and that happened through my workplace my third period of therapy was through work as well and I'd like to probably reflect on the third one because it's the most recent one yeah and the third period of therapy relates to something that I've spoken about in a previous episode where I was at place of work it didn't feel right I didn't understand why it wasn't right so logically for me therapy was the way forward and the place of work had support networks in place which I accessed and the first stage was a phone call mm-hmm. and you talk about why you want therapy, why you think you need it, what's 
what you hope to get out of it. And they process that information and try and match you with a suitable therapist. Because I think like the relationship you have with that therapist is key Mm -hmm. because you're going to be talking about quite potentially quite deep, meaningful things. And it's almost fear of the unknown. You're not quite sure what you're going to be talking about or what's going to come out of it. But I think it's very clear and very necessary for you to have those aims and thoughts in your mind for it to be beneficial. Absolutely. I think that therapy, I term it more sort of cognitive behavioural therapy. But I believe your route was slightly different to mine. Yes. So I, my experience is, has been with talking therapy talk therapy um and the way that i went about that was i actually got a leaflet through the door um and it just so happened at the time that i was really struggling with my social anxiety i think because i was just in a period of time where i was very busy and i was being put in a lot of situations that were bringing up my social anxiety so looked at the leaflet decided i'd go on the website uh and then sort of I guess, put in an application. I don't know if that's the right word. And then I had to fill out a form. So it was quite a long form. It was asking me lots of questions about what sort of anxiety I have, what makes me feel anxious. Um, I had to rate statements. So they gave me lots of statements and I had to say sort of zero to 10, how much anxiety would that situation give me? Uh, And then within a few days, I heard back, I had a phone call um, and then it kind of started going from there. So was that process quite quick or did it take longer than you thought it would? Actually, it was a lot quicker than I thought. I was expecting maybe for it to take a few weeks. But I think from getting the leaflet to actually getting the phone call was maybe a week, week and a half. So it actually happened really quickly for me. I found very similar that if I was self-referred or someone else referred me, the starting process was quick. Yeah. I think then it made sense to look at once you've almost been accepted, mm-hmm. it feels like if you've been accepted for counselling or therapy and then the proper sessions begin, yeah. the therapist or counsellor needs to, they almost need to measure, they need a numerical measure mm. or maybe a non-numerical measure of the impact of their work. Yeah. And I found that every time that I've done it, you have state, yeah, as you said, you have statements that you rate out of 10, or it's from what you're saying. Yeah. And I found that the end of each session with the third lot of counselling, yeah, you had to measure how you were feeling at particular times. There was the same questions every time. Right. To measure, to measure impact. But I think for me, it's what you what I spoke about within that time, because it started off quite, I found it quite, difficult to really let go and really say Mm. what I wanted to say. Yeah. Because it's almost, it's almost fear of the, you know, we've talked about overthinking before. It's like, what does, what do they think? Yeah. But people are going to think anyway. Yeah. But the therapist won't tell you what they're thinking Mm -hmm. because that's not the aim of it. They are going to listen to what you're saying. They give you the space to say what you need to say. And then it's almost on the, as they're talking, they've got to inflect back what you're saying and then think of another question to get you to think more deeply about it. Yeah. So I know I've had, I had actually had a recent uh, session with my therapist because I've kept 
her number. I've kept in touch with her as I need to. And they've said, like, I can contact them whenever I want. Mm. And usually if I need something, it's within 24 hours that I get an appointment. And there was something particular I needed to speak to her about because a few weeks ago I had really difficult night's sleep. I couldn't get a lot of sleep because I was overthinking about a lot of different things. Yeah. And my strategies that I developed with my therapist a while ago hadn't worked this time. And it's unusual because they usually work. Yeah. But this time it didn't. And I just needed that forum, that space just to let it all yeah. let it all out for, for them to think about to accept what I'm saying. And then the question that the therapist gives is really good because it's designed to make you really think and really get to the crux of what's what it is. Yeah. So your your therapy sessions, were they phone calls? Were they in person, over Zoom? I've had a mixture of forums. So the first lot of therapy I had was in person. Yeah. I used to go to the person's house every week and she had a particular room mm-hmm. that, that all the therapy happens in. My bereavement therapy was at a particular building within the local authority. And then my last lot of therapy has been online. Yeah. I think the online form of therapy is interesting because I think the the fact you're talking through the through a screen, you've got almost a buffer there for when you're talking. So I actually felt more relaxed yeah. talking to the counsellor about what I needed to speak to them about. And it's almost that it got to the point where at the start of the earlier sessions, I sort of didn't know what I wanted to speak about. But she would always ask, she would always ask the same question. How's your week been? How are you feeling? Yeah. They're open-ended. So it gives you a real shot at just getting in there with how you're feeling. Yeah. And it would change. Because sometimes the day before I'd be thinking, I feel really awful. Yeah. Um, but then the next day I'd be thinking, actually, I want to speak about this. So then I increasingly I took ownership of the session itself. Yeah. And I was really clear what I wanted okay. to talk about. Yeah, because that was a question I was going to ask for anyone who's not had therapy is sort of how much is it led by the therapist? Are they just sort of asking you lots of questions or do they just sort of, sort of sit there and and wait for you to maybe start talking. I have had therapy where they've just sat there. Yeah. And you're just expected to start talking. That I find difficult. I was going to say, that sounds like quite challenging. It is, because sometimes I've just sat there and I've, sit, I've openly said, I don't, know what I don't know what to talk about. Yeah. Because then it puts the, for me, then that puts the emphasis back on them. Mm. Because they're the expert. They're the, they're the person or the people who know what they're talking about. So... It's almost right. I need you to tell me, give me a question to start with. Yeah. Because I can't just sit here and talk about. I'll just go straight into it. Yeah. But it's almost there. The best. Some of the best things happened when there was there was a very open ended thing to start with, and it's almost keeping in your mind what's the aim of the therapy, what do you hope to get out of it yourself. Yeah. And within that therapy, it's. When you're focusing on the social anxiety, I think a lot come for me. A lot's come out. I don't know if you felt the same in, in the the short the shorter process that you've had. Yeah. So my my experience was quite different with the talk therapy. Uh, so once I got the phone call, basically 
I had to sort of have this online account and there were things that I would have to read. So there'd be sort of paragraphs of text or stories that I'd have to read. And then I could sort of do another little poll to say how I was feeling, what my anxiety level was like. And then I would get kind of a phone call check-in. Um, and I only did, I think I did actually three sessions in the end. And then I stopped them because for me, I wasn't getting what I needed out of it. So for me, it very much felt like I was reading all these texts and all this information about what is anxiety? How might it make you feel? And I felt like I already knew all of that. And what I really thought the talk therapy was going to be was more what you had actually talking with someone and kind of really trying to delve into my anxiety and work through it and, and learn more about myself and coping mechanisms. And I wasn't really getting that from the talk therapy. So for me, I ended up doing the three sessions and then I just, I stopped it because I could see that I wasn't really benefiting. But having said that, I know people who've done the talk therapy who it's, they've loved it and it's been amazing for them, but it just didn't work for me and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be do you think potentially then there's a gap there in yeah. the market it's almost there's a gap in the market for it's almost some kind of because i find social anxiety is quite specific yeah and when i speak to my therapist or counselor i'd like to discuss very specific examples with how i've before an event during the event after an event yeah and i've really enjoyed having that form just to explore that yeah and i know look we've discussed quite a few examples within these podcasts about how we've felt before an event during an event an event and after an event yeah they almost give another perspective on those things mm. and i feel that counseling or therapy almost it gives a name to the sort of feeling at the time yeah so for example we've spoken about quite a few things where it's almost thinking it's worst case scenario is you've gone to something and you're really thinking about this is the worst thing that's going to happen is I won't know what to say, won't know what to do. People are going to think less of me because I can't contribute to the conversation. And it's almost now, I think you said it on the last episode, it's about flipping the narrative to more, a more positive, yeah. a positive one yeah it doesn't stop the anxiety from happening it's always going to happen i think but there are times now where them they're more they have a more positive slant on it yeah As we wrap up episode nine, we hope you've gained valuable insights into the power of therapy for social anxiety, exploring specific examples and discussing our experiences before, during and after events has provided us with a deeper understanding of our own thought patterns. In our next episode, episode 10, we'll be delving into the topic of self-care strategies for social anxiety. So we hope you join us in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Social Anxiety Life.